When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. What's up, guys? Welcome into Football and Random Things. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Colin Newell and uh, a special guest. I'll introduce him in a second. Uh, but first, I want to say we are presented uh, by the fine people at Wiffles Hybrids. Uh, at Wiffles, they focus... Uh, solely and intensely on corn, the result is low, is a level of performance uncommon in the seed business. Take a look around, Colin. Look over there. Now that way, you'll see what they mean. Uncommon. Yeah, uncommon in the seed business as Wiffles Hybrids. They're a presenting sponsor. Uh, we are joined by the first ever Big 12, uh, or three-time All-Big 12 first-teamer uh, for Iowa State, Greg Eisworth. Uh, how you doing today, buddy? Good. How you doing? Fantastic. It's a little cold outside. Didn't bring a coat. Was running a little late. And Colin said, don't be late to this one. We got Greg Eisworth coming. I'm like, yeah, probably shouldn't be late to that. So Yeah, we got to be on time for Greg. Gets the blood flowing a little bit, though. But It's, uh, it's a little bit warmer probably where you're hanging out down in Dallas, huh, Greg? A little bit, but I don't think that much more, honestly. It's 16 here. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> what do you think of uh, the weather in uh, Saturday's game? Hey, that was that was awesome, man. I wish I would have got to play in some weather like that, but didn't at the same time. The one game we did play that was a Baylor game at home, I hated every second of it. So maybe not. It just looks cool on TV, but it was, it was pretty cool. That was the fight night, right? Yeah. <laughs> the Drake the Drake game wasn't the best either. That was a little bit more. Oh, yeah, that was. Yeah, silly yeah, nah. and, man, that, that grass field, at least they had a, a little bit different playing surface over there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I kind of want to recap the Kansas State game, usually what we uh, start off with. There's a few things uh, we want to get into today with uh, Transfer Portal and everything. And then eventually we got to ask Greg uh, about his career and your guys' uh, memories playing uh, football with each other. But 42-35 over Kansas State, go to 7-5 uh, in the Big 12. Colin, what do you think of just the whole performance around? I mean, you can't script that like, a more cool game, I guess, with everything that happened there. Yeah, I thought it was just cool to see them come out and be explosive. Um, I mean, how many plays over 60 yards, 70 yards, and, and two two offensive plays in their, in their territory is just unbelievable. The fact that we were able to come out, be effective, hit the big plays. Um, the start to the game was awesome. It reminded me a lot of two years ago over in Kansas State. Brees Hall, big run. Hey, now we get a Abu Sama big run. So... Um, great to see that offensive line really come together. You know, there's holes all over the place. Wasn't a ton of pressure on the quarterback. Um, allowed for opportunities where we ran 35 plays and scored 42 points. I mean, um, I don't know if you'll find another stat line like that in college football. If that's so, very, 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 very few. I was told it would have obliterated the points per play record and yards per play record, but you have to run 50 plays minimum to oh, really? set it. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's so crazy. It's a little little weird. Well, what was Abu? Abu averaged like 17 yards a carry, and he busts off like a 15-yard run, and everyone's pumped up, and it's like, oh, that just hurt his yards per carry by <laughs> a significant amount right there. And it's like, what are the chances of, of that happening? So, I, I I mean, I don't know if on Twitter um, Coach Clanton went out and said like, oh, man, I love watching the dogs work or whatever on that video of Abu's run, and it was just great to see the tight ends, the, like the whole, I mean, it I would have said I could run through it, but I'd probably be a little bit slower, so I probably wouldn't get very many yards, but I think I could have got a couple, so that's how I know it was pretty good blocking. Man, so I was <laughs> trying to find, like, usually it, it's 50-50 on the free version of YouTube. I could text Chris. That would be the sensible thing to do and get his uh, account and password so I could go rewatch the game regularly, but I try to find it on the deep pages of the Internet Oh yeah, uh, for free afterwards. So I'm clicking through YouTube videos, and there's... Uh, a, I forget what the website was called. They're out of Kansas State, though. And it was on a field level of every big play in the game, essentially. And I was shocked at how much it was actually snowing that, like, watching it on TV didn't do it justice. There legitimately is, like, half a foot of snow on the ground. And these get everyone's standing still. And you're just seeing snow accumulate on, like, Rocco's helmet. helmet yeah. Standing there for... 15 seconds and there's like a pile of snow on top of it yeah and it's just no one especially on twitter no one comprehended how much snow there was and how hard it was to play there no not at all that was that was one of the more interesting so i mean every time they come out and blow the hashes off and everything like that but I, another thing i want to say is just uh-oh i don't know if that's my laptop or the mic <laughs> we're all right um five rushing plays over 50 yards tied a school record True freshman Abu Sama, first career start, tallied 276 yards, fourth most in school history. I just think it was unbelievable to see his coming out party. Obviously, the unfortunate circumstances with uh, Cortavius and Eli Sanders, but um, Abu really took this opportunity, and uh, he ran with it. But I think he he gave a lot of credit to the offensive line and the tight ends, which is which is awesome to see. Um, and 35, 35 freshman or uh 32 freshmen played this year is that right? the, are you looking at the hudger tweet i think it was 32 for 4700 something snaps yeah unbelievable that we had that much freshman production this year um certainly a lot to look forward yeah um the other thing that i wanted to point out from that game so abu has his second big run and the next drive i don't think iowa state moved the ball well because they had two of the plays went to abu and the third one I don't think was I can't remember if it was a pass or not, but it was like at that point the defense is like, well, they're either going to run it with Abu or I guess figure out how to pass it because they at that point Rocco was like three for five for ten yards. Yeah, like there was not a passing game, and the, they come out the drive after and especially in the third quarter and they start playing around with different packages to find ways to put the ball in the air and like that pass to. Uh, Higgins, the play before, I thought was an even better pass to yeah. set up the 33-yard touchdown to get to him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What a fun game. Greg, what did you think about the defense there? Yeah, I mean, it's you see the score, 42-35, but at the same time, you look at how explosive our offense was. I mean, defense was on the field all game. Uh, but it, it was just fun to watch. Like, I think it was a it was like a tribute to how our defense plays. You know, you look at like Bo Freeler. I think he had, I don't even know how many tackles he had. I know 15, he had 15, I think he led the team. Yeah, like if you, and that was just me spectating. I didn't check any stats. It was like, man, this kid is all over the place. Then you see the true freshman safety come in, have a big hit. 
like the depth that we have on the defense this year and on top of that being as young as we are, that's really special to watch because if you look at even the years that me and Colin played together, like we had a lot of really big name players and we didn't have that didn't have depth and we were a veteran team. Whereas this year, like you said, we have 30 plus freshmen step on the field. And on top of that, you look at every position on the field, especially defensively, like there's depth. So that's that part of it too is really exciting to see like from this season and into the future. Yeah, well, they don't. They didn't have a Greg Eisworth starting forty-eight games in a row in the backfield. I mean, you think about like Anthony Johnson, Brian PV. You know, I think that's Ray Lima. Those are some of the guys you should be naming. Marcel Spears. I just kind of <laughs> came in on the back end. I cleaned it up on the back end, but they did all the work, man. Now the uh, what was crazy to me, um, especially in the first half with Will Howard and Abu, kind of had it too, but. For a defender to adjust enough to actually tackle a guy, especially running at full speed, but anywhere they had to change direction, they had to account like for an extra eight or so yards of space just to be able to get close to the guy. Like Will like did a sidestep a couple times in the game and like just completely fooled. I think Onyetum got him on one. It's not like it was like Onyetum screwed up or anything, but if you stepped a foot to your left and they didn't know you were going to go that direction, it took them so much longer to turn around and find a way to get to the tackler. And I thought that was really interesting to watch too. Yeah, absolutely. What do you, uh, what do you make of the back half, Greg? I mean, those, those guys have really showed out this year. Um, TJ Tampa, Miles Purchase, you got all Verdun sorts of the safeties that have just been unbelievable. How, how, how do you interpret what, what the success they're having? Obviously a true freshman coming in playing too. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's a big tribute to, uh, dang, what's the secondary coach's name? Uh, Broomfield? Broomfield, yeah. I think it's a huge tribute to Broomfield. He was literally my coach my last season. Uh, Broomfield, (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy. Broomfield, Haycock, uh, and then the new corners coach we brought in. I keep forgetting his name, too. Uh, Uh, Hank Poteet. Yeah, like... If you just watch our secondary, technically, they're very technically sound, which is really good to watch. Uh, and then on top of that, I think it's I think it's a big tribute to Haycock, too. It's another year that we've been in this defense, and you can tell that some of those guys are able to take film or mistakes from the previous years and correct it. Whereas, you know, 18, 19, 20, we were still kind of getting our feet wet with the defense. And now when you watch it, it's like they have so many layers to the defense and different nuances that it makes the defense incredibly difficult to play against. But then also you see our secondary now, they're able to play really fast. You know, they change their leverage a lot, which we didn't early on in the defense. It's really exciting to watch. It's, they've been able to put Jeremiah Cooper in the best positions to make plays. Like that dude is a ball hawking safety. And he and he shows it every weekend. All right, you put Malik Verd on. Like you can tell that they're starting to – sorry about that. You can tell that they're starting to recruit players for the positions that we have in the defense. Whereas in the beginning, it was like, we got three safety spots. Uh, I think you can play there. I think you can play there kind of thing. And now it's like they're getting the pieces that fit that defense exactly how it's made. So it's been, it's been, it's been really fun to watch. Greg, yeah, take me through what you saw uh, on that final fourth down play, that pass breakup that sealed the win. I thought that was one of the – you know, more obviously it's a very important play in the game, but I thought that was more of the, one of the impressive plays of Miles Purchase's career. I actually didn't see it. 
I was on the road and literally right before the play started, it started, my phone started buffering and I didn't get to see what happened. <laughs> it was, it, I, it was crazy, man. But so I, I can't give you a breakdown on that one. No, that's all right. You got anything more on Kansas State? Not really, man. Just what I, I it was one of the more fun games that I've seen in a long time. Um, I was jumping up every touchdown. It was like two, three big, uh, big breakaway touchdowns. And then it was like, no way. Like, we're going to have to put a drive together eventually. Like, hey, we've only had two offensive uh, possessions inside of their, their territory. Like, there's no way this is going to continue. And then all of a sudden, you're like, you see the Jaden Higgins one. It's like, wow. And then you see the Jalen Null one. You're like, oh, he's dead to rights on the sideline. And then all of a sudden, he breaks through. And it's like, how did he just do that and then you watch another abu big run and it, i mean it was just so fun to see um the explosive football that they had there um something that certainly wins you a lot of football games and and that just proved again on saturday that hey if you play explosive football you don't have to have everything working perfectly yeah and i i think too that they still executed when they needed to execute you know caleb bacon i did want to bring that up he got so much unfair ridicule for people on that drive that I've never seen a more of a dud punt. punt. Well, yeah. everyone else was, I mean, yeah. all the other punts were very normal distance. Yeah. I was and 30 was, yards short of right. where the return man was. That was such a crazy situation. Um, what did you played punt, Greg? What, uh, what, what did you see there? Just unfortunate bounce. I mean, there's nothing yeah, you can do about that. Yeah. Some of that, sometimes that stuff happens. Like there's, that's kind of just the luck of the draw, the way that the football bounces sometimes. Like, there's not a whole lot more coaching or technical you can do on that part. That's just luck. There was a uh, – I, and I tweeted it with this anecdote, but I'm not huge on pro football focus and their grading system or anything. But <laughs> Caleb Bacon was the highest-graded linebacker in the country this weekend. Man, it's crazy to see what he's done. Still a walk-on. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just uh, – it's, it's cool to see what he's done. He's had a great season – um, I still remember early on in the season, I think it was UNI game when he had two sacks or yeah, a sack, yep. and it's like, oh, who's this guy? This guy's a real edge pass rusher and linebacker and, and plays all around, and then you go out and see him uh, 12th week of the season, and there he is still making plays and having an incredible season. And he got stood, stood up next to uh, Hammond, so thankfully they they started the whole campaign in that game with the uh, TV screenshot. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I know that went a long ways in his career. <laughs> he'll he'll remember that forever. Yeah, for sure. I was I'm still surprised we're still talking about it in week 14. Uh what a like just great stuff for NIL to turn into. Well, they keep on making more videos out of it that's like so much fun. Like you watch these videos and you're like the picture of him holding all this bacon or the ham or the all that stuff. So they've 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 done a cool cool thing with it for sure. So uh are we good on Kansas State? I'm good. Greg, you got any final thoughts? Good. All right. I got a couple of tweets to read about Greg here. So Dylan, <laughs> Dylan Kuhn says, Greg, uh, Greg I, he's works for us now. He okay. said, uh, Greg Eisworth is the most underrated player in Iowa State history. Um, and also said thank you uh, for your time on the field. That was a tweet from two years ago. Um, this one is from Austin Narber. It says, Greg Eisworth is an excellent tackler. See? Was, he was worried about. Yeah, he was worried before. about what these tweets were about to be. Uh, this, one, this one is from Chris Williams. It says, uh, Greg Eisworth can hit you harder than your mistress's positive pregnancy test. But that's from uh, <laughs> Derek from New Sharon. Who wrote that. But that was a, on a radio show a couple years back. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so uh, Go ahead. You're good. 
All right, so, oh man, we're we're really good at podcasts. Um, no, so looking back on your time uh, at Iowa State and everything, you're one of the only, I assume, ever uh, three-time All First Team Conference player. Uh, one of the few guys on the Fiesta Bowl team, <clears throat> and uh, one of the few people that have played in a Big Twelve Championship game. Just what's it like to? have that be a part of you and look back on what this team is doing and uh, building for the future, as you said earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, it's huge. It's definitely, I think it's more monumental in my life than what I thought it would have been at the time. You know, at the time it's just like playing football and hanging out with my guys. Um, but when you're not playing football, you have a lot of time to think, think about what am I going to do for a job and all these different thoughts and, only thing you can do is look back on the time like that and really just cherish it and love it. Like for the people that you meet, for the journey that it was, the ups, downs, the highs, the lows, um, to say you were a part of changing the trajectory of a school and, and a university and the history of it. Like, you know, that's, it's a blessing and it's something that I'm, I'm honored to be a part of. I, I will cherish that forever. And then now I get to sit back and watch and watch a lot of these young kids go chase their dreams have fun doing it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's something that not a lot of people say they can be a part of. And so I've been, I've been blessed to be a part of it and I understand that. So it's, it's been an awesome experience. I think, uh, one thing, one thing about Greg too, is just the leader he has, the, the charisma he has, the, the way that people just are drawn towards him. I remember people always respected him, looked up to him and, and just knew that he was always going to do the right thing. He was there. He's going to make the big play on or off the field. And, um, I, I think Greg uh, was was truly one someone that was a huge part of of Iowa State's turnaround for sure. I remember Greg the day that uh, you and Charlie Kohler both announced that you were coming back. I was playing pickup hockey, uh, and we had a case of beer in the parking lot, and we started drinking beers because we were very happy uh, that you guys were coming back for an extra season. Yeah, it was yeah. a holiday. That was a cool little time too because I remember that like. There was a couple guys that were on the edge on, you know, what we're going to do. And out of respect for them, I didn't talk to them at all. So just as much as it was a surprise to hear that, oh, Charlie's coming back. You know, these guys are coming back. It was the same surprise for me, too, because I made my own decision. And I didn't want to influence them on any way, shape or form. So it's like once I they published it for me and it was announced and I see Charlie as well as like, I mean, it was it was I know exactly what you mean. It was just a, as an exciting time for me as well. That's because I, I assume, you know, you see one and this is just how a fan thinks. So call me stupid for sure. But I assume like you see the first one come back and then the second guy announces and it keeps piling in and you're kind of like, OK, well, it, they got to have some chemistry as a team there that they all want to come back and play with each other. But you're you're saying you guys kept it separate and you're like, yeah, we just all ended up wanting to come back and play at Iowa State again. Yeah, at least at least on my end, because I knew it was how big of a decision it was for me. And so rightfully so, same for them. And selfishly, if I make the decision, okay, I'm going to come back, I'm going to want Charlie come back, you know, so-and-so come back. And I didn't want to be that in their ear. I know that they have their own life that I'm not even aware of. They got their own family and circumstances that I'm not aware of. So it's like, I'm going to make the decision on my own and let it all fall where they may. And everybody, even on Campbell's part, he was not pushing people one way or the other. And so it was it was just as much of a surprise for me. So. That's awesome. That's uh, just really cool to hear, especially uh, with how uh, stacked that team was, you know, 
Yeah, as, from... as a guy that's coming back for his senior year, it's pretty exciting to hear hear the news that uh, all those dudes were returning. And I mean, greatly across the board. I just think I think one thing Greg and I talked about before the show started was it's cool to now be on the other side of it, right? We went through it. I obviously grew up an Iowa State fan and saw a lot of couple wins and a lot of losses in my in my time growing up, unfortunately. Um, but then being a part of it, and you just, it, it's a brotherhood. The guys care about each other. They want to be there for each other. Um, and just see the success of the program continue is huge. Seeing the young freshmen come in, play early, make big plays, go win big games, go win a, a snowy game, um, the 12th game of the season. It's just something that's really cool. And, and we talked about how it's just so cool to see how hard these guys play. Day in, day out, you turn on the film, you watch the game, you watch on Saturday, you watch Sunday football even, and you see Iowa State football players and teams just play a little bit harder than everyone else, it seems like. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, my bad. Uh, but Saturday, uh, a little different in Manhattan with the team meal got screwed up somehow. So they had to go get supplies to make meals, and they had the coaches helping making omelets for the team in the morning because their meals got screwed up. So omelets with stuff from Walmart. Did you guys have any, like, interesting travel stories from <laughs> your time at Iowa State? Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like uh, 2021 was just, like, I don't think we had a single plane that took off on time <laughs> that whole season. Um, we got to Baylor, Baylor, right, and our bedrooms weren't ready. Like, they were remodeling the whole hotel. And like they legitimately didn't have any beds put together or anything in the hotel. So we got there. We normally went right to our rooms. Well, we couldn't go to our rooms because they literally didn't like they remodeled this whole hotel and didn't have it ready. And uh, yeah, it was crazy situation. One time we were overweight on the tarmac and had to sit there for like 45 (laughs) minutes, just burning gas off. I don't know. What else am I missing, Greg? That's those are really the only two stories that came to mind for me too. I remember the hotel not being ready. And I remember just sitting on a plane for hours, like, and one of those nights we got home at like 4 a.m. Uh, we got we got back to Ames at 4 a.m. and I was starving. Like, I was so hungry and I'm like, dude, <laughs> I, I need something to eat. I didn't have any food at my house. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna stop at McDonald's real quick. It's the only thing open. And I'm gonna get like a, just a McDouble or something to hold me over. I got the food, I got inside whatever, went to eat it. They gave me the bread, ketchup, mustard, and onions. That's it. No meat. <laughs> no, no meat at all. So it was already a long night. Then I got that from McDonald's. I was like, yeah, I'm not even supposed to be eating this anyways. Was, uh, That's You're talking about through the air or something to remind me that that West Virginia wide receiver uh, from that road game you guys played there is still in the air. His foot never touched the ground on that touchdown they called. I don't remember that. Yeah. One. Oh man. At West Virginia in the back of the end zone. Yeah. What year? Twenty twenty one. Our last oh, year. Oh yeah. That and they had they had the right? analyst they had the analyst on that game that was so so West Virginia heavy, just going. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's a touchdown. And they're showing the replay. I'm like, his foot's not even on the ground. Is <laughs> that the uh, the Winston Wright? Yes. I think Winston so. Winston Wright. I think so. Yeah. Haunts me. Yeah. Better days, better, better days, days now. Absolutely, big wins. Yeah, for sure. I'm. Uh, did Did you see the uh, Kirk Holland put it up that if you had just flipped the Iowa State Kansas result, Iowa State would be playing in Arlington this week. Wow, that's crazy. 
Yeah. Wait, say that again. So if you if you if every other game went exactly how it went and Iowa State had beaten Kansas, they'd be in the Big Twelve Championship. Yeah. So Chris, yeah. oh, you're good. Uh, Chris was like annoyed by that. Uh, he tweeted like, "Thanks, Kirk. Thanks for." But I think that shows. I I was like, that shows how close they were. Yeah. And Jalen Noll is still in bounds. Still yeah. was in bounds Saturday. Too. Crazy. But Crazy. what a cool what a cool year after going one and two. Yeah, I think it was just. I mean, Coach Coach Campbell obviously we're just able to bring this group together. A lot of freshmen played as we've mentioned multiple times now, but just the leadership that he provides, and then you get guys that are are leaders of the team, Bo. Um, Jalen, guys like that, you can see Rocco starting to take a huge leadership role. I think it's just really cool to see um, him empowering the play, Coach Campbell empowering the players, and then the staff just also just being completely bought in and and it truly turning that season around. Yeah, and we'll get uh, more into Greg your career some point uh, in the off season. Get you on again to have like a sit down. Remember Greg Eisworth. I'll pull up some more uh, some more tweets though. I, yeah. I saw that quote from Derek from New Sharon. And I was like, I can't not read that <laughs> one. Um, but the transfer portal, uh, obviously, snagging five Cyclones yesterday. Uh, some people have their thoughts on it. I know Sean Foster was, uh, he sent a tweet out telling people, like, why, don't, why doesn't anyone stay at a school and try to win a job anymore? Um, fans obviously don't like seeing just five guys enter the portal. And if you don't know this landscape of college football, it might be like, oh, what's going on in Ames? What's mm-hmm. what's wrong with that? What do you guys think of? And it's, I'm not hating on any of the guys transferring. If you yeah. want to transfer and find a different uh, place to play, I think you should be allowed <laughs> to. Uh, but what do you guys think of what it's kind of turned into? I'm gonna let Greg start off because he he actually was somebody that a little bit different transfer portal than it is now, but um, has, has experienced that situation. <clears throat> yeah, I mean even. Yeah, I started my career out at Ole Miss and making that decision to transfer, you have to understand the risk that comes with it and knowing that you got to sit out a year or you have to go play junior college ball. Um, Now it's just like, I'm out of here. You know, the second you don't get what the second you don't get what you want and kind of like what you're saying, you can't really knock the guys for doing that. You know, they're, they're like, this is, I got four years to play college ball. I want to be on the field. And that's, that's understandable. But I think it just, it makes the landscape of it as a whole more business-like than, you know, just more of the college football that we're used to seeing growing up. Like I was telling Colin before we got on the show, like if you think of like someone like Daniel Jackson, uh, when, when you see him make catches on Saturdays, the announcer always brings up, man, this kid's story, man. And the perseverance he had to come and get through and, like, he's one of those guys when I watch the game, when I see him make a play, like, my heart is just filled. I get I get really happy inside. Like, and that's – you watch college football for stories like that. And I feel like there's not going to be a lot more of those now that the second the kid comes in as a freshman expecting to play and he doesn't, now he's out. And, you know, it's – I would say it's unfortunate, but not really. You're giving, you know, the player the decision that they want to make. But I think it's hard to – it'll be hard for Iowa State and Coach Campbell to continue to build a program how he likes to when hey, you got people coming in, in and out every single year. Like if you think – if you look back two, three years ago, we didn't get a lot of transfers coming in. Now it's almost like you have to, to keep your team afloat and, you know, find those pieces. So 
you know, I think it's interesting, but I, I don't like that it makes it more business-like in a sense. My opinion is probably very similar. I, I, I don't, the transfer portal by itself, I don't hate. There's dudes who, I mean, they're 18 to 22-year-old dudes. They're making a decision that's going to affect pretty much a lot of their life, how they, who they're surrounding themselves with, who's coaching them, who they're looking up to as leaders. Sometimes you don't make the right decision at 18 years old. People change jobs and stuff like that. I don't hate it. Um, NIL, I don't hate. But when those two come together, I don't really like it. When dudes are, are going out to search for the next big dollar, hey, I can enter the transfer portal and see what my market value is, um, where dudes are looking at it more of a business than that relationship. For me, like the, the greatest thing I took away from my college football experience was the relationships with the dudes, the coaches, the experiences that I got to fulfill because I worked hard and stayed committed and the group around me did too. So <clears throat> I, I, I don't mind the transfer portal. I don't mind NIL. When they come together and they influence each other, that's when it starts to be like, ah, that's a little bit frustrating. That, that one hurt a little bit. Like, oh, you lose Tyrese Hunter to uh, Texas because they could pay him however much money they could. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think Isham Young's in the portal uh, again after he left Iowa State to go to Ole Miss, uh, but announced I think in the last few days now that uh, that he's back in the portal. Um, it's certainly like interesting, um, and you get all these guys moving to different places. But I think what you'll see, and we saw a bit Saturday, but Coach Campbell, his philosophy is you got to care about player number one, your best guy, to player number 130, your last preferred walk-on. They all got to be good. And you have to care about the quality the whole time in case someone has to step up. Like uh, Drew Sergis on Saturday was one of the best players on the field. He's a walk-on defensive back. Caleb Bacon, same same deal. Like to have those guys. I think what you'll see is like guys like that stepping up and earning scholarships uh, and more and more of that as we get into this area where you might be a four-star recruit, uh, but you haven't played more than a couple games for the first two years of your career. And now you just want to go find a place you can, that they'll put you on the field because you don't know if you can win a job or you don't think you can win a job. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the only other thing I had, and I was looking for the video, uh, Cade McNamara was being interviewed, um, during the, it's like Big Ten Championship preview week for them. And he was, he brought up the Iowa State game and said he was so ticked about how it went down because they should have blown that team out. I just hmm. wanted to get your thoughts on it. I mean, I would love to play them right now. <laughs> I can tell you that. Like, I, I would I, love for that to be a Thanksgiving week rivalry every that, year. That would be a fun game. You That'd imagine really you imagine game. the Cyhawk buzz with wrestling on the same weekend? Yeah, that would be that'd be a crazy one. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to say to that. Greg, anything? You want to take a shot at the Hawkeyes? I don't even like thinking about them, honestly, but. I will say, I feel like that's the case every single year. It's like, oh, if we would have got them at the end of the year, you know, if we would have played them at the end of the year, it would have been a completely different story or oh, we should have blew them out or whatever. But it is what it is. At the end of the day, I mean, it can't change it. I don't even like thinking about them. So yeah, that's, well, that's my take. 
what's it let's end on uh this but what are some uh cool memories that you guys have together and how'd you end up being friends in the first place i obviously you're on a football team it, people end up being friends but what how'd you guys end up meeting in in everything about that at the facility i don't even remember do you i don't remember like one distinct moment uh i know my my roommate for a while was julian good jones yeah. so that was kind of my foot in the door with the offensive lineman. And I was kind of just talking crap to them. Uh, who was the other one? Um, the big dude that came out that they that they played the Kniffle. Yeah. Oh, that they did the, the Stone Cold <laughs> yeah. song for you. Yeah. yeah, him and freaking uh, Olsen. Just talking crap to those guys in the training room or pre-practice and stuff. Uh, knowing dang well, I did not want them to touch me. <laughs> I feel like the biggest thing I remember, like Greg didn't have a stranger on the team. Like he knew everyone. He would go up and like try to talk crap, but Greg can't really talk that good of crap or he just chooses to talk funny crap, I guess I should say. Yeah, it's more funny crap. It's like weird in the moment, funny crap. Yeah, yeah so it's kind of like everyone just, you know, it, it's funny. You know what I'm saying? So he always he always was able to make people laugh on a on a tough day or be there to support them when, when things were good. Um, so that, that's naturally what I remember of Greg is just always being the guy that was there, whether it's good or bad, he was going to be there. He's going to care for you. And it didn't matter if you had ever talked to him before or if you were living with him. So I think that's the, the, the greatest thing about Greg for sure. What's the most fun game you guys played? Do you think it'll be the same one? If you guys just <laughs> said your answer at the same time, I got to think here. Yeah, that's tough. It's a lot of games, There's a lot of fun games. <laughs> You guys were also uh, undefeated at Jack Trice in the black uniforms. Yes. Yes, I think mine would have been West Virginia at home. That first one? <coughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the first, same thing. That was the first black uniform game, yeah. Yeah, that one, that one was fun. I mean, they obviously were playing well, and we were able to take care of business. There was they a, were sixth. They were sixth. Six. That was the first yeah, yeah. time wearing the black uniforms. First time fans rushing the field, at least for my for my end. So yep. uh, I, it kind of was like a big turning point. Like, okay, we can, we can do this, you know, yep. kind of thing. So that was my, uh, I think, third year of college. And obviously we had some pregame uh, drinks in the parking lot a little bit uh, in the tailgating lots and everything. And I remember vividly uh, five-year-old West Virginia fan on the hillside uh, as – 6,000 people storming the field next to him are singing Country Roads in his face. <laughs> Just, he's tearing up, like, doesn't know what to do. And then people start moving down, and they trampled the fence at Jack Trice, and that's how they stormed the field. Like, I, people hopped over it, like, the first two or three rows, and, and then just pushed it. it. Like, no, it was like a collective. There's people behind us pushing us into the pile, and I about clocked a kid in the face because he wouldn't stop pushing me in the back. <laughs> Is madness that whole night and that yeah one of the more fun environments I can remember. Yeah, black uniforms brought a lot of energy. It was just an all around great win and and a fun experience for sure. Do you want to see them be the the full home look? Always wear black at home. I'm just uh, trying to get a yeah. soundbite out of you, Colin. Come on, I man. like the black uniforms. I love I'm them. a lot of people that know don't, but I like the black uniform. So really like the. Uh... I think we wore it that Baylor game, uh, the black, red, black combo. Yeah. I know this year we wore, I think, black, red, red. 
But I really yes. like that the black, red, black, and then they changed our, because our black pants have the white Iowa State emblem on it. But when we wore it, they changed it to the red and yellow emblem. I thought that was sweet. But like we should wear those a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. Maybe they'll, uh, they've, they, they've kind of done something out of the box about every year, like the chrome lids and the Liberty Bowl. Yep. You, you played yep. in that, right? Yeah. Uh, that was 2017. I didn't play in it, but no. I was there. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, did they do that at in the Camping World Bowl too, or is that that was the first time you went? Camping red, World Bowl, yeah. Camping World Bowl was black helmets, red. Yeah, black, red, red. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, there's usually like a a really unique one every year. I'm still holding out. Obviously, the Jack Trice one. I'm not yeah. forgetting that, but I'm still waiting to see what they got cooking up for the bowl game. I'm hoping for something fun. I do I'm hope good. they go to that Pop Tart Bowl. They have, they're going to have an edible mascot. Oh, really? That's what they announced yesterday. I'm excited for it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that's going to work or what that's going to look like. And I don't think I would take a bite out of it either. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I was looking at the photo does not give, it, give any explanation on how. <laughs> it's just like four people like AI generated holding a like Pop-Tart looking thing in the air. I just don't. <laughs> what if it's, I don't know. It's... Bowl season's the best. Bowl season. I hope more bowl games do that. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for hopping on with us, Greg. We appreciate you joining us, and uh, thanks for everything you did at Iowa State. Sir, I appreciate it. I appreciate y'all having me. It was fun. And Colin, uh, has anybody ever told you that you look like J.J. Watt? I hear that quite often, actually. Yeah, or kind of like a mixture between like J.J. Watt and Mr. Incredible. Like as you, as you were looking at him from the side, it made me think of like that Mr. Incredible scene where he got in his car and he's all dressed up nice and he's like too big for the car. That's kind of how you, you look good, man. I Just appreciate wondering it. If, good wondering if anybody else had told you that, but yeah, I can see all that. That's spot on. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. I, I've never heard the Mr. Incredible in the car, one, but I do like that. Yeah, Halloween costume next year, maybe. You're. I need that. I need to have you around more often. Yeah, or just bring it on the show next 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 show you'll have. Ooh, you just walk in in a Mr. Incredible suit. Like a skin tight one too, not the ones that has the, you know, the fluff in it that makes it look yeah. big. You're already big. Yeah. You're like okay. a skin tight. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Colin, let's go down to Dallas, go to a stars game with Greg. There we go. Yeah, come on. Come on. Okay. I'll have to teach you about hockey. It's really easy. Just there's like two things with offsides that are hard and everything else. It's just it root for fights. Yeah, fights, and you see a puck go in a net. Yeah, simple. Okay, so, sounds simple enough. I played NHL when I was a little kid, but I just—I don't think I played it right. I just went to like hit people and stuff. So. <laughs> That's what it turns into, essentially. <laughs> Whoever can hit hit the most usually comes out the winner in those oh, games, yeah. anyway. Oh yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Greg. Appreciate you joining us. Everyone else, this was football and random things uh, presented by Wiffles Hybrid.